Benjamin Franklin once said, In wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, and in water there's bacteria. No bacteria here. This is On the Back Bar. On the Back Bar is your gateway to talking to the people behind the scenes at bars, distilleries, and vineyards around the world. We'll talk to the experts in the industry about future trends, people, spirits, cocktails, wine, and everything else. So kick your feet up, pour your favorite drink, and hang out on the back bar. This is Christopher Menning. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to On The Bad Bar Podcast. Of course, it's Chris, your host, and I hope you're doing very well. Now, uh, we've got two chaps here from Singapore uh, right now to talk about an exciting new bar called Republic. Um, we've got Martin and Constantine. These are the beverage manager and head bartender um, of Republic Bar, part of the Ritz-Carlton uh, in Singapore. So, gentlemen, nice to have you on the show. How's everything been? Thank you. Thank you for hosting us. It's actually our absolute pleasure to be here. Yeah, everything is good. Yeah, all good. Thank you very much for having us, Chris. No worries. And how's life in Singapore these days? I was just mentioning that um, sort of Bangkok's exploded now in terms of hospitality. and It's grown rapidly. Um, but, but Singapore, is it the same? I, I hear lots of exciting things going on. Yes, yes. Uh, borders are definitely open. Um, hotel is busy. F&B outlets are packed. And uh, I think by Monday, finally, we don't have to wear masks outside, right? Yes. <laughs> 29th, yeah. So yeah. there is a new announcement that even the mask, not only outside, inside as well. Oh, yeah. So only public transport. So, yeah, I would say that Singapore definitely it's back to normal. And it's, it's so great, actually, to see so many people traveling, you know, to have the uh, guest of the country at the bar, you know, when people traveling from Europe or Australia or United States or other parts of Asia and come in to sip on the cocktails at Republic, it, it feels great. It feels great, yeah. Okay, good to hear. Step in the right direction. So, I mean, we're, we're here to talk about Republic. And um, interestingly, it's, it's a very new bar, um, opened pretty much just on the tail end of the COVID pandemic. So that must have been quite a challenging time. But, you know, it's quite exciting. So this is a new East Wing that's part of the Ritz-Carlton um, Millennium Singapore. A library reception and a new F&B concept. Um, guys, I'd love to hear more about it and sort of, you know, the whole process of getting this open during that sort of uh, troublesome time. But uh, maybe you can sort of start by, by telling us a bit about the bar, um, your sort of ethos and, and how you guys ended up there. So as you mentioned that uh, me being a beverage manager from the beginning of this project, right, and Martin is a head bartender. Uh, also, just to introduce myself, like uh, my name is Konstantin. I'm originally from Ukraine and in Singapore and with Ritz-Carlton six and a half years. And in the bar industry for, I think, almost 16 years or already reaching 16 years, right? So I started this journey as a bartender in Ukraine and now after 16 years here in Singapore. And of course, being able to work in this cocktail capital of Asia and one of the best cocktail destinations in the world and being able to open a bar here with our amazing teammates. It, it, it's one of my, I would say, um, life achievements in a way, right? So, um, and the uh, Republic, as you mentioned, is a new bar. So we opened like one and a half year ago during the pandemic. Uh, it was a lot of challenges, a lot of, a lot of learning, 
a lot of, uh, I would say, self-discovering because obviously opening the new bite always brings you to push to the new limits. And also one of the greatest experience to work uh, with our team with, uh, let's say, uh, some of the uh, unique personalities like uh, Tony Chi, who is our interior designer, right, from New York. And hearing his inspiration about how the interior design should uh, fit your hospitality goals and how the space should accommodate uh, guests and is in the best possible way it depends on the occasion or depends on the uh, uh, time of the day. So it was an incredible journey. Obviously, COVID was one of the um, uh, challenging part of this equation, right? But also, in fairness, because... Uh, the Ritz-Carlton Millennia Singapore is located in Marina Bay area and this hotel was always busy with 90% occupancy on average and we have 608 rooms so uh, with a huge bandwidth operation. To be honest, uh, maybe if not COVID, we, we, we still will be waiting for the perfect time to renovate the space because the, uh, the previous bar uh, it was a lounge bar called Chihuly Lounge, which was from the beginning of the hotel, meaning that 26 years ago, uh, being a lobby bar, it's such a key area, right? So it's so, it's so difficult for hotel with this, such a massive operations to close East Wing, meaning that where is the check-in and check-out area, where is the lobby bar, where is the future bar supposed to be. So COVID was a downside, but also from other point of thinking that COVID helped to get this pocket of free time, because as I just mentioned, there was a lot of involvement from the um, interior design and uh, Tony Chi, right? And a lot of developing the, the menu, um, uh, with our team, we were developing the cocktail menu uh, and then there was also a company from New York, uh, uh, Robert Louis Design, who was coming up with all this identity, our fonts, our colors, and a uh, company which was in charge of the light, on the, not only for the physical, but also where light should be. And other artists, like uh, just to mention, like Carol Peace, who is the sculptor from the United Kingdom. So she was developing some art pieces. So there was, it, it was a, a kind of a huge project. And yes, COVID was very challenging, especially once we opened bar. So I think we'll talk about this a bit later. But also... It kind of maybe was a perfect time to just close half of the uh, arrival area and East Wing and uh, to uh, renovate the place. It was definitely challenging, like what Constantine said, it's like to like planning that. Like I think it was four years ago, right? Like from today, it's like I we we basically it was on paper on like probably 2018. And then, you know, we were all excited about that because uh, we were all homegrown talents as a team. Uh, we didn't all have like a name in a way in the industry. So it was just nice to be able to do that. But then, yeah, like constantly said, like COVID happened and then it was just like a lot of uh, adversity, adversities that we have to uh, face. But yeah, basically Republic is... Um, it's it's all about just uh, like 
a luxury home that sits on top of a hill that that basically is our like identity and basically in terms of like ethos i would say it's just uh we want to create uh, a place where you feel welcome uh still luxurious as well um but just to to have fun and kind of like forget the hustle and bustle of you know singapore noted i mean um you know it looks fantastic i was looking at sort of the architecture and the, the decoration and and it's a really interesting venue and i guess part of it was to sort of enhance the check-in and check-out experience and have this sort of day mm. to night um sort of offering i mean it, it looks fantastic i can't wait to visit for next time i come to singapore but despite everything and despite the adversity and the struggle of um opening during pandemic you guys managed to get to sort of um quite quite high recognition and, and got listed in asia 50 best bar for this year so that must have been such a sort of achievement for you guys and, and a weight off your mind that all that sort of hardship came to fruition. What was that experience like? Did you expect that to sort of come? Uh, to be honest, for me, no. It was uh, even even like till today is like quite a surreal moment for me. Thinking back of that night um, and to be honest, just being invited into that party was really a, a cool thing. And like what you said, I feel it's more of like uh, it cemented all the hard work and sacrifice that the whole team have basically put on for the past year and with a lot of like uncertainties as well. Uh, it just basically, it, it, it shows how dedicated not just me and Constantine, but the whole team of Republic into really doing what we know will be good for our guests and a great experience and uh we're just glad that you know our our peers and um colleagues in the industry kind of like see it the same way and to be recognized as one of those bars in asia uh yeah on my side as well i, I definitely would like to say that the the first part of the year once we opened right so because there was few stages of lockdown so we opened the place we start to get the why, we start to deliver experience, then we had to close it. Then we need to have to reopen again. And there was like some, um, I would say that not compatible loss with the fun experience. For example, there was a time when only two people were allowed and no music. And of course the biggest challenge was how to motivate the team, right? Because I remember days when we had on Saturday, maybe four guests coming and how to, explain first of all how to explain to the guests to deliver the full experience without music and without the ambience obviously it helps to have other guests and i think uh, team was still quite positive and quite excited to give the best experience cocktail and hospitality and in fairness in one year we created a lot of a lot of our regular guests i think that was also the most challenging but one of the best year because when we were doing our first year anniversary celebration we start to invite all the guests we like it's so incredible how in one year we managed to build this strong relationship right and become not just us and guests it's just like a friends uh, in a way and another thing what martin mentioned about the community because I do believe you heard many times that Singapore bar community is one of the closest, one of the strongest, one of the most supportive ever. It and is. it's absolutely true, like opening and being in this situation with all of this together, right? Bars that were open maybe for longer time than us and seeing the experience and um, 
supporting us and when we are opening and coming and congratulating and um, sharing the experiences from the past and what they're doing now in order to overcome it. So I think the community was also a big part of it that really helped team to be um, in the right, right set of mind. Uh, and the, uh, like, yeah, just to see our guests, our team, our community, uh, of course, our management as well, because when um, someone invests money in opening the new place and from the very beginning it's not being busy right I, I assume some people can get impatient but we had a huge support from our owners and our management absolutely understanding what's going on and not challenging us and still allowing us to be creative still allowing us to use our premium products right because even if we had few guests on let's say friday night but they still need to receive the freshest food the freshest garnish so there was no kind of oh okay it's challenging times guys let's cut the cost so i would say yeah um, ownership management community the team and our guests the these kind of pillars that made made us believe like the you know that we are doing the right thing because in a way that even singapore bar industry is so strong but it's also sometimes uh, when you think about this, opening a new bar in one of the best cocktail bar scene, it also brings a lot of, uh, 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 how to say, the, a bit of a, a bit of a pressure, right? So because you also want to deliver on this international level, right? And it's good that we have the system of support and people are always sharing the best practices, what's going on, but also challenging times. One of the most renowned cocktail bar industry so there's like a, uh, a recipe for a, a very unique cocktail and then uh yes our first year anniversary was on 21st and 22nd of april and then the the following week it was um uh, nomination for uh, 50 best in bangkok right so obviously the those two weeks combined was like a so much uh, emotions and so much things uh, going into the head. So we definitely, I would say, we really focus on our first year anniversary because it was, you know, you won't be able to have a first year anniversary second time. So it's once, right? And then the next week, as Martin mentioned, we uh, went to uh, Bangkok and uh, uh, being recognized on that level, I think, I'm so grateful to all the team because uh, not only bar team, but including our hostesses and our floor team and our chefs who were putting an effort to make sure that, yes, we will deliver even there is like uncertainty, right? And I think uh, it, it was a great gift for the team to understand that our peers did recognize us on a certain level and their effort, their creativity, their hospitality skills are on the right level, right? And people like what they're doing, obviously, I think brought a lot of additional confidence. And also, I have to say, confidence comes always with uh, being humble, because you also recognize that being, being there with all the uh, incredible bars, right, from the around in Asia, uh, incredible people who build this community in Singapore and in Asia, right, Me, being able to meet people which we didn't see for years, it, it, it create it, it definitely puts you in a state when you appreciate this moment so much that you understand that 
you need to be um, um, what what is the right word to say? I want to use something like humble, but yeah, this, this is the closest that I want to say that you understand that this precious moment and this relationship that you will create with your new friends or some old friends, which will last for a long time, is uh, something that you really want to focus and cherish and also to make sure that your team also understands that this uh, this is their this is their input uh, it's not someone came and gave an accolade for best looking bar i believe design makes perfect sense obviously you're always senior but in the end of the day you can have the best bar the best four walls design but the uh, team members it's who are bringing the soul right and the experience of our guests and then in their turn they will appreciate you so that's like my experience well i i can tell that there's a lot of dedication and passion that comes from from those answers in there i mean it's so good to hear so clearly that award meant a lot to you and i i you know very proud of you guys for getting that and it's clearly well deserved and I mean, I want to talk about um, sort of the bar concept and go into it a bit more because um, it's quite an interesting sort of decade that that's you know spanning. It's the decade of the '60s, and there's multiple points within the uh, Republic that, that showcases. But just quickly, I want to ask: How was your time in Bangkok? Did you have fun? Was it nice to sort of be out and uh, you know uh, being able to party again in a way? Did you enjoy it here? Yeah, of course. It was. Uh, I mean, even before the pandemic, I think we frequent going to Bangkok because it was really uh, a fun city, and we have a lot of friends there to always visit. Uh, but after a long wait of traveling again, uh, it was it was really fun. Uh, definitely exciting. The only thing I think that I didn't like about that trip was the. PCR test that we have to do on arrival. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but aside from that, everything was uh, was great. Yeah. Good, good. Well, look, um, you know, I want to talk about the bar concept. So it's 1960s is sort of the era that, or the decade, I guess, that you're sort of um, uh, celebrating in a way. Most people won't know, but it mostly comes down to the sort of uh, the formation of the Republic of Singapore, right, in 1965. So that's kind of where the inspiration came from. But can you tell us more about how um, that decade inspired the venue? Um, and maybe we'll go into the cocktails a little bit as well. I'd like to hear more about them. So for the concept, so as I mentioned, the um, uh, Tony Chi was our interior designer. And the idea about 1960s was from him. Uh, we worked together with him in our other F&B outlets, like a colony and summer pavilion, which were and still are extremely successful. So, and the idea of um, uh, 1960s, I think, like in my opinion, was just so great because it's so relatable to many uh, cultural events in that era, right? Uh, music, art, cinematography, uh, fashion, what happening across the uh, globe. But also it's so important for Singapore, right? Because 1965, Singapore becoming republic, right? So that's the uh, journey of this small dot, small red dot begins. And in now in our modern era, we still can communicate and translate those experiences to our guests. Uh, and I think it also works very well being in a hotel bar. I know that we'll be talking about hotel bars a bit later, but 
because when you guest and stay in in-house, right? The bar, cocktail bar is one of the very important amenities, right? Because yes, you definitely want to go and discover Singapore, but you also want to come to the bar. And having something that have this connection to the place where you are, but also brings experience that across the globe, I think it's very important that uh, helps our guests to um, have a very clear sense of the place, right? So they are in Singapore and we are talking about this era, which was the time of birth of this country, but also brought a lot of relatable experiences like uh, flying to the like moon landing, right? So the space race and then going back to uh, music about the uh, Rolling Stones and some fashion changes like which uh, we are translated to our guests using cocktails. Uh, I also like the idea of this concept because when you talk about 1960s, it's, uh, in my opinion, is easy to comprehend. So there is no much complexity because in the end of the day, being a hotel bar, which again, we do have a lot of in-house guests, but I would say still 70% of our guests is city guests. You also want to be this comfort zone, right? When guests come and they can choose to unwind and relax, and if they drink a cocktail, it should be, uh, I guess, easy to catch what was what it is all about, right? Even though Tim, Tim did like, deep dive some of the cocktails had like three pages long explanation that we need to make concise in one sentence right but again singapore one of the and my favorite and most beautiful thing about singapore busting it's diversity singapore has amazing casual bars singapore has amazing experimental bars where people can go and really be part of some unique experiments across the cocktails right Singapore has some of the best opulent bars and being able, like we, like in, in our case, we are in this spot where we, a comfort zone, right? Where we wanted our guests when they come, we do have, we use some artisanal product in our menu that for those guests who want to try something, but we also use a lot of um, brands and a lot of approaches that are extremely, I would say consumer friendly. And we want it to be this comfort zone. For example, even for our cocktail creations, we do not use any difficult techniques or we don't use any difficult machinery, right? So I think the most difficult technique we use is sous vide and we even do not indicate it on the menu because not all guests know what does it mean, right? So we want to indicate just flavor profile. Let's say if there is something uh, sous vide with dill, sous vide vodka, we just indicate dill because we want to when guests open the menu that they feel comfortable and again just uh, repeating myself there are some one of the best experimental bars in Singapore where can guess if they specifically want to go for this experience where one cocktail have so much unique components it's also exists in Singapore so uh, that's why yeah 1960s being approachable uh, era that one of the most important era in the forming of the pop culture and music and art. Um, 
yeah, so just uh, when I heard about this first time, I was, I love it. And another thing also about the name, Republic, I think uh, I like the name because it has a lot of meaning and it has connection to the air, but also uh, one of the things I believe for the bar, when you're choosing the name, it should sound, it should be something like international world that even in foreign language, it sounds the same because again, not all guests who will be coming to Ritz-Carlton in Singapore necessarily English speakers, right? So we want that all guests can pronounce the name and can relate to it. Oh, I, I heard this because uh, as you know, in Europe, I think out of like Europe, in I think maybe in all European languages, let's say Republic will sound something like to English analog, right? So that's why I think the name as well I like because uh, everyone can remember, everyone can repeat, everybody, everyone can pronounce it, and it has meaning behind, very deep connection to the place as a bar and to the country itself. So that's about the concept, like uh, about the cocktails, Martin. Yeah, just uh, Martin. So, I mean, um, obviously you've been in the industry a while and you've been in a few competitions as well. So Marriott Liquid Masters, uh, Bacardi as well. Tell us, tell me uh, how you got into the sort of the bar trade here and, and, and the concept for the bar. By the way, I really like the uniform as well because I was looking at the photos. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I'm guessing that's also quite like um, uh, reminiscent of the time as well. So, yeah, yes, great to hear about definitely. that. Yeah, um, so basically uh, my story of how I got into the industry is uh, I was born and raised in Manila, Philippines, and I went to a hospitality school that requires uh, as part of the curriculum to basically have an international internship. So I was not planning on going to Singapore, but I ended up coming here for my internship. And uh, I was 21 back then. And I was, uh, I think I was doing housekeeping and I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. Uh, I was doing that for six months. Got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I was doing it at the Ritz here in Singapore. And this property showed me how it doesn't matter what your job scope or description is. It's more about what you bring to the table. And they saw that I was great with engaging guests, even though I was cleaning rooms. I kind of like noticed small details that ended up, you know, guests appreciating my work and, you know, sending emails or writing comments to the GM. And then that's how I ended up basically becoming a full-time staff. So they asked me before uh, the end of the internship if I was willing to stay. And uh, I did. I didn't have anything to do back home anyway. And uh, I fell in love with the uh, with the culture in Singapore and the city itself. And so I came back to the hotel uh, after four months, I guess, of um, fixing my visa and everything back home. Um, and I, I, was, I was in housekeeping for uh, a little bit over a year. And there was a chance for me to join the bar department, the beverage department. And it happened because there was a hotel internal competition and it was, intended to be for fun. Uh, so kind of like, I think the HR came to the bar and they said like, oh, can you do like a, you know, internal fun competition? And I was the one from housekeeping who was like wearing a room attendant uniform and joined uh, the competition. And uh, long story short, I ended up winning it. 
I don't even. I I think I made a cocktail that's reminiscent of a uh, a swizzle, uh, and it was like with local flavors, like tropical flavors, um, and. Yeah, they they were like, oh, you have you know the finesse, and I think like with training, you know what you're doing. So they offered me uh, to move uh, department and join the bar team, and from there, basically, it was uh, I was put into Chihuly Lounge, which was basically the space that Republic is now, uh, and I just you know learned from my mentors uh from the seniors and kind of like saw it as a challenge of like okay let's create something from nothing because Chihuly Lounge was basically just uh your normal lobby lounge bar and uh to be honest if you ask me I wouldn't even call it a bar it's more of like a horseshoe counter that has bartenders in it and bottles that they know what's inside kind of so yeah so uh that's basically how I got into the industry of hospitality, but into the bar industry as well. Uh, and I think that's when uh, Constantine joined the team about like April of 2016. And uh, it was uh, it was nice to have someone who who has the same goal uh, in terms of how we want to move the team forward. And so yeah, and that's basically how uh we were uh we stayed uh long enough in a company because we want to see like you know our efforts and we want to see republic's uh fruition in a way uh and that's where it all came to uh us as a team basically creating uh or translating the concept of republic into the cocktail menu itself uh so yeah so like constantine said uh, it's it's all based in the 60s and uh, it was it's quite cool as well because uh, we are located in a hotel and uh, the our lobby is a grand entrance as soon as you come in like on your west wing you have colony and the concept there is where uh, basically it's a buffet restaurant and the concept there is more of like you know the, Singapore was still part of the British crown and then as soon as you move to the East Wing, then you have Republic, where now Singapore is its own country. Uh, and we really love that story of like a flow of uh, concept or a sense of space in, in the lobby as well. Uh, and so we wanted to basically showcase that in our menu. Uh, so our volume one menu, we, we named it Era in a Glass because we wanted to showcase the social and cultural revolutions that happened in the era of the 60s. You know, so 1965 definitely was a major uh, year for us as a bar because uh, Republic is located in Singapore and we wanted Republic to be the bar of the Republic. Uh, and I think, yeah, that's why we really love the name. And what we did is we, we celebrated those things, uh, like Constantine mentioned, you know, like pop culture, where you have fashion, cinematography, music and art. Uh, and you also have basically uh, events that happened in the 60s that may not be as popular uh, in that era or that decade, but is definitely worth celebrating. So... We divided our uh, menu into four different countries of historical importance 
So we have Singapore, of course, being our home. And then we have England in the UK, which is a huge part of Singapore's history. Uh, and then after that, we have the USA because you know, a, a lot of uh, things were happening in the US back then in the 60s. Civil rights movement, you know, the birth of the hippie culture. And like Constantine said, there's this like huge space race as well. Uh, and we wanted to showcase that. Uh, and then we have Italy as well because um, a lot of uh, basically beautiful things were happening in Italy in, in, in that time uh, of that era. So, you know, in, in terms of fashion, in terms of the sporting events and, uh, and even with, uh, like, uh, what was I about to say? Like, uh, like a product or, uh, like something like Nutella, you know, like there's so many beautiful things that were happening, uh, with film as well. So we wanted to, uh, we wanted to basically focus on that and basically celebrate that. And how we did that is we focused on those events and then try to turn it into a drink that would resonate with the guest. And the reason we did that is because we know that in uh, cocktail bars, especially in Singapore, you know, it's a standard that your cocktail must be good looking. It must be aesthetically pleasing. It also uh, must taste delicious. That's the first thing that would, you know, bring people to your door. Uh, but we also believe that we like to think of ourselves as like storytellers more than just bartenders or servers. Uh, and that's uh, how we are able to engage and uh, basically make the experience of rather just drinking a cocktail into something like... Um, like a whole experience in in uh in general and yeah that's how we kind of like delved into uh our menu yeah noted i mean um it's uh, i like the segmentation of it i really like how you sort of broken it down uh, into these key key areas and i guess key times as well and um mm. you mentioned about storytelling and, and of course there there are some cocktails of note which are like um related to some stories for instance the mythical beast which I, we can talk about in a second with singapore but there, there, there's also some like really interesting serves and you've got the 1960s vintage cocktails i mean the manhattan negroni that, mm. that's a pretty cool option to have um and then also the punch bowl so like i said it's really um the way you've laid out this menu is, is pretty clever i like the serves you've done um you know and and i'd love to jump more into that but should we sort of start with the sort of storytelling, the cocktails? Um, I mean, if we can pick a few, the the one yeah. for instance, mythical beast sounds sounds pretty tasty to me. So the mythical beast was uh, inspired by uh, one of the most iconic landmarks in Singapore, and that is uh, the Merlion. And so basically, uh, it's the Merlion is a symbol of uh, the humble beginnings of Singapore as well. You know, from being a port. Uh, city or a town and then becoming to this like lion or tiger of, uh, of, of Asia. And that's what we wanted to showcase in that drink. And so basically it's, uh, it consists of, uh, of a local gin in Singapore, uh, which is called brass lion. Uh, and then we added a little bit of, uh, dry sherry as well, but the real flavor comes from, uh, the port city cordial that we do or the syrup that we do and it's basically consists of three things and it's toasted barley 
It's a little bit of cascara and cinnamon. And basically, uh, when we were doing our research about Singapore and like the trades back then before being a republic itself, was those three are one of the highest commodities that were being traded. And we thought of using that as the flavors to, to basically uh, as the backbone or the DNA of this cocktail. Uh, and then basically we, uh, instead of shaking it, we make it, made it a stirred drink and we serve it in this like really sexy sherry glass. Uh, and it's the, the, the liquid is like yellow or almost golden. And then on top of it, we finish it off and we garnish it with a, we like to call it a mythical feather cracker, but basically it's made of, uh, it's like almost like a Parmesan dough that we put into a mold that is, uh, yeah, it, it really looks mythical, like the way the, the, the feather comes out. And yeah, that's basically the story of, uh, of that drink. Sounds pretty cool. I mean, there sounds like so much research that's gone into each of these uh, creations. So it must have been quite fun, that, that sort of development time as well, and, and finding all these stories and figuring out how to best represent it in a cocktail form. Um, can we talk about some of the other serves? So um, I just mentioned a minute ago about these 1960 cocktails. I mean, that's so cool. It's a piece of history, really, isn't it? Mm. I mean, a glass. Uh, how did you guys come about procuring those items? Uh, so basically, here's the... It was our first experience to work with vintage spirits and vintage cocktails. So in the beginning, we're like, okay, let's see how it's going to be, right? Because we, again, we are lucky ones that we do have the ability to work with these products. Obviously, uh, it comes to the point that uh, hotel has a financial support, right? And here we also are very grateful. We totally understand that it's a, a bit of a privilege to be able as a bartender to touch spirits from that era, right? Um, and uh, just to tell you that what's the real thing now, they're extremely popular. We're ordering way much more uh, vintage spirits. We are going to extend. So in the beginning, we design only four. So vintage Negroni, vintage Manhattan, vintage Martini, and vintage rum old fashion. So rum old fashion, just to give the idea, because Singapore and Southeast Asia, it's uh, it's uh, basically uh, cradle right of the um, sugarcane, right? And sugarcane from Southeast Asia was brought to Caribbean. So we decided for Singapore part, uh, Singapore section of the cocktail menu to do it twist on an old fashion, right? So take an old fashion and use 1960s rum. So we did rum old fashion. So uh, a lot of research, a lot of challenges in finding information because uh, a lot of things are not available. Uh, a lot of effort to really put the right items into the uh, right items into the right places. In terms of like, uh, obviously, when we designing the cocktail menu, our regular cocktail menu, we know about uh, how rum or how gin tastes, but we have no idea about those 1960s spirits. So we had to spend quite some time to really put those pieces together. And uh, yeah, one of the first thing that really surprises me that there are a lot of people who are willing to pay quite a high price, but I also understand their point because it is like a liquid history, right? Some of those spirits do not exist anymore. Some of those companies do not exist anymore. 
and there are a lot of like back then in 1960s when we tried to imagine what was the distillery like obviously no modern equipment there should be someone experienced enough to make sure that they try and say yeah, yes that tastes right and also like some we, we found out a lot of differences in the just general approach like for example rums a lot of rums the let's say uh, back then from the uh, English uh, British crown colonies in Caribbean they were actually distilled there but then they were brought to UK and bottled in UK which is very unusual nowadays no one is I assume no one is doing this anymore people just bottle on the uh, place uh, on the uh, in the country itself uh, where it was produced so vintage cocktails it's very interesting and like I said we are so grateful that we have the chance to work with these part of the cocktail culture and uh, for the guest experience as well just trying to imagine trying for example Campari from 1960s versus Campari from the modern time we have we have a chance to engage with guests obviously explain a bit more what is this spirit about and what was the difference uh, also being honest in terms of some limitations of the information because a lot of, for example, jeans in 1960s, they were not marketed as for, um, botanicals, right? Like in US, there was just few first jeans that actually understood that botanicals, it's very important part that you can differentiate. But in UK, many jeans, I assume they had the same kind of recipe and there is just no much information why it was so. Uh, but the taste profile from everything that we have and we tried is quite impressive and there was so far I think none of the spirits that we opened and we were like disappointed that quality was not there so in 1960s people knew how to do things yeah good okay <laughs> well I mean um, I'd love to try one of those one day and uh, it's like we said yeah liquid history it really is you know we'll, we'll wrap up very soon guys but I'd just love to really talk about the sort of Singapore cocktail scene uh, as you mentioned Singapore is really one of those unique places where everyone is so you know, connected. It's a great sort of industry there. Uh, people are really supportive. But it's obviously very competitive as well. So, I mean, if, if anything, it'd be great to talk about um, maybe, you know, because as everyone's traveling around the world again mm. and visiting these bars, um, you know, aside from the 50 best awards, what, why should people be coming to Republic Bar to check out, you know, what's going on there? And maybe what, what do you expect people to experience when they first walk in? And, and, you know, how should they be feeling? I believe the first word that comes to my mind is opulence, right? I think when people go, and as I mentioned before, we are blessed that in Singapore we have huge diversity, right, of the bar. So depends on your occasion. You can go to some places in flip-flops and uh, shorts, but you still will receive an amazing cocktail, right? Uh, for us, uh, I, I do believe that people, when they go to Ritz-Carlton, they have certain expectations. And I would say, Opulence is one of them because, again, interior design and the whole hospitality and service approach, it's very personalized. Uh, it was designed to make sure that every guest feels special in these specific settings. But as Martin also mentioned before, uh, and it's kudos to our team that we also make it in a casual way. So very approachable and uh, fun and a lot of, as I mentioned before, we created a lot of our regular guests who are coming, some of them coming like few times a week just because they feel comfortable. 
And I think that it's what it's supposed to be because opulence and luxury, yes, it's very important, but I, I know there are some places in the world that uh, it's great to visit, but maybe few people feel like uh, not sure if they will be coming every week there. Maybe it's just for really special occasions. I feel we do, we provide both areas. Yeah, you can celebrate your special occasion, but you also can celebrate your every Friday, uh, every Friday occasion too. So yeah, well, like just to conclude, I would say warm and approachable opulence that would be approach right for in for our just hospitality philosophy and, um, and martin so i'm guessing not every customer is drinking 1960s negronis but um, what are <laughs> what are some of the top cocktails you're selling what's everyone drinking at the um basically in the it's quite unique is in the beginning where when uh, the borders are closed so uh i would say the top three would be like the valentino red which is more like aperitivo spread style uh, then you have 15 Minutes of Fame, which is a champagne cocktail, uh, really beautiful. And then um, You Only Live Twice, which is a Vesper Martini. Um, but then as soon as the borders open, it kind of changed into where you have like the Stardust, uh, which is our take on a whiskey sour. And that was the one that is inspired by the moon landing. Uh, and then you have High Society, which is our take on a Negroni with a touch of porcini to give it a little bit of like th third dimension of flavor instead of just bitter and sweet. And you add the earthy umami flavors as well there. So it, it's uh, it, it changed. Uh, but like Constantine said, every now and then uh, we were surprised as to how many um, vintage cocktails we sell. I think last week I sold 10 of them. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, I, I want to be friends with that person. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good, actually, Christ. So people are really like going for it, you know? Yeah. Is it the Negroni? Is that the most popular one? Uh, so, yes, Negroni is. Uh, but to be honest, uh, I think martini a lot of as well. yeah, Martini is the most popular because it's, it's really just the pure flavor of the gin itself from the 60s. And I think we've probably gone through what five six bottles already uh of, of vintage and that's why constantine said we're extending it because we really see the demand for it and yeah. guests are actually really happy uh of, of you know coming back and just like oh is, is it a different bottle this time because then we would love to try it again it must have been quite fun for you guys because I'm assuming the first time you sort of got these bottles in, you were like, okay, let's try it. Let's, let's do the first one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Is that well, quite... yes, 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 yes. It was. It was. And it's, uh, it's uh, like, to be honest, it's uh, in, as in a bartender's point of view, it's uh, a lot of learning as well. Like Anthony said, with the Campari, you know, it's, it's done super, super different uh, pre-1974. Uh, and then after that, the modern age is like totally changed. And so it's, it's just nice to see how, you know, distillers were thinking of, you know, creating flavors back then to how it is now with modern technology as well. So it kind of like helped us uh, as bartenders to foresee, oh, how do we actually play it when we want to create flavors for our drinks as well? Mm, okay. Well, guys, look, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for coming on and, and sort of sharing your story. Um, Republic sounds amazing. I can't wait to visit. It sounds like there's a lot of history that's going to be sort of um, showcased there. The cocktails sound amazing. And congratulations once again for your sort of position in the 50 Best. 
Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for having us. And uh, we can't wait to host you at Republic whenever you're in Singapore. Yeah, thank you. It's definitely our pleasure as well to be on this show because we were listening to this show. And when we heard that we have a yeah. chance, we were like, oh, wow, that's yeah. so, so great. Yeah. Oh, really? You listen to it? Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm glad to hear. Well, gents, it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Yeah. And uh, talk to you very soon at Republic. Thank you so much for listening to the show, guys. Uh, we are available on Spotify, iTunes, and all other major podcast providers. Your support helps my show grow, and I love you for listening. So thank you so much. If you want to be a part of it even more, please look at the show notes. You can find links to our Facebook group, The Beverage Network. You can also find links to my Patreon page where you can help the show grow even further with small donations. And you can also find my email where you can reach me anytime with any questions. You guys are amazing. I love this industry. Let's keep it growing. Thank you for listening to On The Bad Bar.